You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, sponsored by Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com and use promo code COFFEE2020 for your discount for some very good coffee. Today, I have a very special guest, former Redskins quarterback Robert Griffin III. We talk about a lot of things, his journey as an NFL quarterback, which of course began in Washington. He had a lot to say. Now, here's my conversation with Robert Griffin III. Now I'm very pleased to be joined by Robert Griffin III, a guy that I enjoyed covering. That 2012 season was the most fun I've had covering on this beat, and it was because of what Robert was able to do out there. I think that was the most exciting year I've covered on this beat by far. And Robert, I appreciate you joining me. I do want to start with the tough questions because I saw a picture you posted yesterday with your three girls. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's been that long. What what is fatherhood meant to you? How's that for a tough question? I mean, it means everything. It's uh, it gives you something to strive to to go out and compete and, and create a life and change the world for your daughters. Um, you know, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be a girl dad. You know, no matter what you do during the day or in the game or whatever happens, you come home and they hug on you and they they climb all over you and they make you feel loved. See, and I have three boys, and when I when I come home, they like to rag on me. So I think it's it's a little bit different sometimes. But has it has it changed your perspective? I mean, it, I think as a being a dad always seems to change anybody's perspective. What has it done for you? Man, yeah, you know, your parents always tell you when you're growing up. You know, when you have your own kids, you'll understand. And yeah, definitely understand. I don't know exactly what that means, but you um, you created that, right? You helped create something. And uh, it's your job to take care of it. So it, uh, it, it just, it's a special feeling being a father. And uh, I'm excited about it. And I want to get into the video that you shot last week because I think it's all related to that. And I'll get to that in a few minutes because I think that's important here. And I think that probably stems from being a dad and wanting to show your kids how you want to handle certain situations and all that. I do want to get to some of the current stuff, which is the season. And how concerned are you, or what is your level of concern that we'll even be able to see you guys play this season? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I try to focus on what I can control, and I know that I can't control whether or not we have an NFL season or not. Right. So I just right. do what I can to stay ready, um, you know, throwing, lifting, running, staying in shape, being ready to roll. And I think player-wise, just from the guys I've talked to, the, the, the biggest concern is our families, right? Right. We uh, – right. You know, say something happens and you know, there's a there's an outbreak in the facility or some uh, you know a couple of players get it. Well, what happens to that player? Does that player quarantine at a hotel? Well, the hotel's not going to want him to stay there. 
he can't stay at the facility because they're not right. him at the facility. And if he goes home, he might get his family sick. So the, the question is, what happens? Is that guy quarantining for two weeks at the hospital? I have no idea. Um, you know, as football players, we typically, you know, buckle our chin strap, tie up our shoes, and put our helmet on and go play no matter what. Um, but with this uh, pandemic, it's it's a little different because it's not just about us. It's right. about everyone that's close to us and around us. So I think that's a bigger concern for the players. Um, just, you know, for me, like I said, I got three daughters and my wife. Right. Uh, I don't want to get them sick. I don't want to bring that back home. So what's that look like if you do, you know, contract the coronavirus? And I'm guessing, I know like Dr. Fauci mentioned a bubble, you know, like what the NBA is doing. I think they'd be really hard to do in the NFL. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say impossible, but it'd be really hard. There's just a lot more people, right? You see the success that the UFC has had in boxing uh, have both come back. But it's, that's one guy versus one guy, you know, and the production team on that probably isn't as big as the production team for an NFL game, uh, let alone college football. So for us, it's, uh, it's hard to get 90 guys to go into a bubble, um, let alone 53 guys along with coaches and staff and everybody else. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that'll work, but that's out of my realm of of sure. So I'll leave that to Dr. Fauci and all the other guys right. trying to figure that out. Yeah, and it's way over my pay grade too. I do. I do wonder for you, what would it? What would you need to see before you feel okay? It's safe to come back and play and be in a team setting like that. You know, just recently, a lot of guys have been doing the the workouts, right? 10, 15, 20, 25 guys together, and uh, almost every one of those workouts has come out with you know positive tests for the coronavirus. Right. So when you come back and now you have 90 guys in a building and that's only counting the football players and you're saying, all right, we got to you know, do all these protocols and social distance and, and hopefully guys, you know, we can, we can mitigate this because it's not a matter of how many, or, or if anyone will test positive, how many tests will we have? How many people will test positive and how do we minimize the impact of that? For me as a player, like I said, I can only can right. focus on what I can control. And at this point, uh, if they tell me, hey, uh, Robert, we need you to come to work, then I'm going to go to work. <laughs> okay. you know, I have to support my family. I have to take care of my business and, and try to go out and achieve all, all the dreams I have set for myself. But uh, does that mean that we're not, you know, the players aren't a little concerned about it? Yeah, I think the players are concerned. I think, um, you know, they'd be dumb not to. And uh, you just have to see what's going around around you and, and try to mitigate that and minimize the impact as much as you can. So let's assume, let's hope that there is a season. So if there is a season, you you got you're playing with the quarterback up in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. What has it been like to watch him the last couple of years? Yeah, man, I think it's been awesome. It's been awesome to work with him. Um, you know, I think he showed an extreme development from year one to year sure. two, uh, and really year two is just his first year starting. So sky's the limit for my guy. Uh, I'm excited for him. I've enjoyed my time here. Like I tell everybody. Um, you know, I don't want to be a backup for the rest right. of my career, so I'm still striving to go out and be a starter, and I and I try to go out and prove that every single day. The Ravens, I think they uh, they look at me that way as well. So, um, but in the current situation that I'm in, uh, you know, I, I I love the job that I have and uh, being able to be a part of such a great organization. How how have you developed as a as a quarterback, even these last couple of years, because you're still going to be working on your game and all that. So, how have you developed as a quarterback while you're waiting to get that next opportunity? 
Yeah, you know, I think, you know, if you ask any quarterback that, they just tell you they work on everything. Right. They've just been working on everything, just getting a better understanding of, of all the concepts and the coverages and, and how to play at a high level. We're doing the things that I know that I can do. So um, I just continue to work on that, continue to, to, to pound the film. And, uh, you know, I've never been a guy that, that didn't work hard. So right. um, I just know that whenever your number is called, you have to be ready. Uh, my number was called last year a bunch. And I, right. And I started the last game against the Steelers in a, in a must-win game for them, and we came out with the victory. So um, I think that I just continue to go out and prove it every single time when I get an opportunity go out, play well, and, uh, you know, be ready to roll. That's that's the bottom line. And you know that position, too, is one of acquiring knowledge as well, which is why you can see quarterbacks playing and doing well into their late 30s. So where do you feel like maybe you say, you know, this is an area where I say, like, I can't wait to get back out there in a full-time role to show this because I'm feeling I'm better here. Yeah, I think I just I have a better understanding of, of how football is played uh, at the NFL level. I think I have a better understanding of who I am as a player. You know, so I kind of understand that, know where I got to go and know what I can do. And, um, you know, it's, it's like they say, situational football, right? Right. You got to be able to play situational football. You got to be able to move the ball up and down the field. And I think I've gotten um, a better understanding of going out and doing that. I do believe the more you play and the longer you play, the better you get. And um, I, I, I had to come into Baltimore and be the fourth quarterback to, to prove that. Right. Uh, and I don't think there's very many second – second overall picks who are willing to do that because of uh you know you're having to to downgrade your status to try to build it back up and that's kind of the route that i took i looked at it as a restart for me start from the ground up like i always have done in my, my whole life and uh, come back and improve it every single day and i think that's why the ravens have me here well you know robert and i was going to ask you that too because i would imagine for me it would be difficult to go back and to go into a certain role knowing that you know you got the Heisman, your number two pick, rookie of the year and all that, and then to stay in this role, what, how, what has enabled you to do that? What has enabled you to accept that? Like you said, not everybody could do that. Why have you been able to? Yeah, and, and, and the way I look at it is it wasn't that I accepted, accepted that role. I kind of looked at it as, look, I was out of the league for a year. Um, I didn't take some opportunities because I didn't think they're the best ones for me. And Baltimore came knocking twice. Right, they came okay. knocking in 2017. I said no. So in 2018, when they came knocking, I believe that God uh, was telling me something. And yeah, no one wants to say, "Well, God told me to go sign a contract right. for less than my value and, and and go be the fourth quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens." Yeah, nobody wants that. But at the end of the day, I knew that I had to do something to go out and prove uh, that I could still play. And Baltimore was the best organization for me to go do that with. So when I went out there. Uh, played in the preseason in 2018 it was just to show everybody look I'm here I'm ready to roll I'm not uh, giving up on these dreams and these goals and and I can do this and I think I proved that to Baltimore and they brought me back after that year and uh, you know I'm in the last year of my deal now right who knows what happens maybe there's an extension in the future maybe I hit free agency or maybe I get traded who knows but at the end of the day I'll be ready for whatever Uh, and I think that mindset of just go out and prove it is kind of what helped me um say you know if i'm gonna bet on anybody i'm gonna bet on myself right i'm not gonna leave it to chance i'm not gonna say i want all these demands i'm gonna go out and they say look we're gonna pay you this uh will you come in and i'm gonna go in and show them that i'm worth more than that and i think i've done that with baltimore when you were sitting out did you 
did it re, re I don't want to say refocus, but maybe did you think about how much it meant to you? Did you go through any sort of introspection like that? Or was that ever an issue? Because you, listen, you were a world track, you know, a world-class track guy too. You could have probably gone to the Olympics, I'm assuming. So did you ever, did you ever wonder maybe I could go do this? Or did you say, no, this is exactly what I want to do. I just need a chance to get back in there. Was there ever any sort of introspection like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say that um, it wasn't a refocusing or uh, or anything like that. It was more, it just showed me that this is what I was called to do. Okay. You know, the reason I say that is, um, like I said, I've never been a guy that doesn't work hard, never been a guy that, that needed any other type of motivation. Uh, but when I was out in 17, I'm watching the games and I'm studying the tape and I'm like, man, <laughs> right. I, know I, can, I know I can do this. I know I'm one of the, the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. Um, so why am I sitting at home right now? And I kind of told myself in 17 that uh, while I was sitting there that I wasn't going to be the reason. I wasn't going to be the reason that I wasn't successful. I wasn't going to be the reason that I didn't get another chance. So I kept working, I kept working, I kept working. And I went back to my roots a little bit. I went down to uh, Orlando, Florida, and I worked with a coach named Brooks Johnson, okay. uh, track and field coach, legendary, legendary track and field coach who works there at Disney. And I, I trained with him. And uh, my wife was training uh, for the heptathlon and track and field. And I I got back to, you know, what I felt like was going to help me regain and all the confidence that I needed in my speed and my athleticism. And, yeah, there was a moment there where I'm training with Brooks and he tells me, he said, look, man, if if you want to come back to track, you can. Right. And literally as he he told me that, I got a call from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And the Ravens said, look, we want to bring you in for a workout. What do you think? And in my head, I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that, right? Like, right. You know, I've accomplished, I've accomplished enough that I shouldn't have to go do that. But at the end of the day, the workout doesn't hurt. So I went and I did the workout. And, uh, you know, did well, killed the workout, and they offered me a contract. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my wife and Coach Brooks, and I'm like, hey, what should I do? And he kind of told me, you know, what I told you, he said, uh, you know, if you're going to bet on anybody, bet on yourself. Right. It's not the money you want. It's not the deal you want. But at the end of the day, you, you're you're in the door. And I think that sometimes uh, you have to put your pride aside. You have to put um, uh, other things aside to, to allow those doors to be open for you. And I think it was the best thing I ever did, right? Uh, you know, the best thing I ever did was sign that contract with Baltimore and get back in the league. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to play for another 10, 15 years. And uh, that's why, you know, I work as hard as I do. I'm not working the way I work and, and doing the things I do to, to be a backup. Sure. You know, because I know that I'm a starter and I'm just trying to prove it. And uh, I just need an opportunity. And I don't mean this to sound like silly or snide, but like when, because you, you obviously, you still have confidence in yourself as a starter. Is there, are there things that you see? Because you got to have to have confidence to play at this level. We all, we all know that. And at that position in particular. But are there things that you've seen in your game or in others' games where you say, like you just said, I know I can still be a star because I see this in myself or what else around the league? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to critique the other guys around the Right, league. right, right. You know, Without I'm, naming names, but you, you know, you've seen guys on you know, TV. Yeah. So. Hey, you see, look, if you're, if you're playing the quarterback position and you don't believe that you can be the guy, then you shouldn't be playing and, um, you know, it's not a shot at anyone else. It's it's not a, sure. a demeaning to anybody else. But I know there's guys in the league who just want to be backups. I know there's guys in the league who who just want to check. And I'm not that guy. You know, I kind of I had a conversation with Kurt Warner in a pregame. 
uh, in 2018, and I, I talked to him, and he said, look, man, I didn't start my game. I didn't start my first game until, you know, I think it was his late 20s or early 30s. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I told him, I said, yeah, you know, I'm still out here working every single day because I know that I'm a starter. I'm not out here, you know, putting in the time, working with the guys, going through the offseason, doing the workouts because I want to be a backup. <laughs> right. And um, I think that that's part of the reason that, that my drive is so high. I think that in 17 when I was out, my drive wasn't, man, I just need to get back in. My drive was I know what I can do. I'm watching these guys on Sundays do what they're doing, and I know I can do that. I know I can do it better. I know I can go out there and lead a team, lead a franchise, and uh, it's just a matter of, you know, going out and being able to do it. So what have you learned about yourself the last few years then? Anything new or just does it reaffirm things for you? Um, I would think that, you know, I didn't love football when I was in college my first, uh, my first year. And then I, I had an injury in 2009, and I kind of watched, and I, and I saw my team struggle. And it made me fall in love with the game because I felt like I let them down. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't ever want that to happen again. So in 2017, when I was out, I didn't have a team to look at, right? In mm-hmm. college, you get hurt, you, you, uh, you go through rehab, but you're right, you're around everybody. Well, in the pros, if you're not in the league, you don't have anyone to look at. You don't right. have anybody to, to feel like you let down. So I felt like I let down my family. Mm. I felt like I let down my wife and my kids because I wasn't out there doing what God had called me to do. So when I came back, it was more of, you know, I want to be there for my team. I want to be the best that I can be, but I also want to be the best I can be for my family. And, you know, I've had, you know, I think last year they talked about, you know, how how good I was on scout team, doing all this and mimicking all these other quarterbacks. And it's like, yeah, look, man, I I know what I can do. Right. And I know that if I have a job, my job is to be the best at that job. Right. So, yeah, I'm not a scout team quarterback. Yeah, I'm not a backup. But in this moment, I have to go out and be the best scout team quarterback I can be, go out and be the best backup quarterback I can be. Uh, you know, if that means going in at the end of the game and not throwing any passes because the game's over and coach wants to run the ball to, to kill the clock, you do that. <laughs> you know, if that means running the ball 700 times in a game because it's, you know, raining and, and uh, it's a bad weather game, uh, you do that. So for me, it's just about going out and trying to make sure I, I make my family proud. I do I do my job, right? I get paid to do a job, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability so that when I get paid more to do a job, I continue to have that same mindset, and I go out and I do everything to the best of my ability. A couple months ago, I stopped into a store for a sandwich, but it was the smell of the coffee that knocked me over. That's when I fell in love with Lone Oak Coffee. I bought some of their Mexican blend and was happy for the rest of the week. Lone Oak is a small specialty-based coffee roaster company in Winchester, Virginia. They finished ninth in the nation in the U.S. Coffee Roasting Championships in 2017. They have received many awards for their house blend at the world's largest coffee roasting competition. Here's what I love about Lone Oak. They dial in each coffee to fit its best profile bringing out the natural nuances and highlighting interesting flavors. I'm drinking their Brazilian blend now with a mix of nutty and almond flavors. They have coffees from all over the world. I love their smooth Colombian with hints of cocoa and caramel apple. Go to loneoakcoffee.com, L-O-N-E-O-A-K, coffee.com. And when you order, use the code COFFEE2020. That's COFFEE2020. 
you will receive a 5% discount with free shipping on any orders over $25. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Obviously, your name has been is one of the most popular in the NFL, and there's been a lot written on you and all that. So when you, when you, the way you've handled this the last couple of years, how often are you having people coming up to you and saying, boy, that's not what I was expecting just because of X, Y, or Z, you know what I'm saying? Or what they heard or read or whatever. You know, do you, do you think that you've been able to, I don't even say change perception, but like, do, were, have people been pleasantly pleased or surprised? And I, I don't mean, to, again, I don't mean to be rude by asking it that way, but I, but we, you know, we know how this thing works. No, I mean, I don't think you're, you're being rude at all. Um, and, you know, to, to, to keep it 100, you know, the, the, the media coverage of me in, in Washington uh, by you as well was part of that reason that people, mm-hmm. uh, as you say, might have been pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. or you're able to change the perspective or change the narrative. The people who've always known me have always known that I've always been this guy. The people who, who really sit down and look at what happened in Washington know exactly why that happened. And... You know, from what I've learned is, is obviously how to navigate it and how to, um, you know, just be to be yourself and, and, and let the rest of it take care of itself. So when I got to Baltimore, um, you know, to be honest, part of the reason I was out of the league was because of that bad perception. Mm-hmm. I was in 17. I was pretty upset about that because I know I know, um, you know, the person that I am and the teammate that I am. And, um and, I, and I've had that echoed to me by teammates right. um, that it was, you know, unfair that I had that perception. So when I got to Baltimore, they just kind of brought me in and said, look, man, go be yourself. You know, we'll, we got your back and, you know, we'll hope, hopefully you can show us that you can make, you know, make this team. And I went and I did that. And I think I've, I've proven to the to the Baltimore Ravens and, and hopefully to the rest of the league that um, the the whatever happened in, in Washington – uh, wasn't a byproduct of me not working hard. Wasn't a byproduct of me being, um, you know, uh, you know, a bad teammate or, or any of the negative things that were written. Uh, that was just a byproduct of uh, an angry coach, and you know, that's just the bottom line. So, I think I've proven uh, uh, to the Ravens and, and to the rest of the league that uh, my character is always is always been what it what it has been from when I came out came out of college. And I'm a hardworking, dedicated person who's going to do whatever he has to do to help the team win. Very few people can understand the situation you were in, where you, you, there's so, again, so much the hype around you, the Heisman, the, you know, the first year, and the, there's so much attention on you, and it, can, it swings from one extreme to another. What's it like to be scrutinized to that degree? Um, you know, I think it's part of it, right? Uh, when you you coming out of college and, and uh, you have all the excitement and all the hype, and then you go out and you deliver, right? You deliver, and you, you, you your team wins the division, uh, you win rookie of the year, and then you have a bad injury, right? So I think it was all part of it. The scrutiny wasn't wasn't an issue. Um, I think um, you know organ, organizationally, you have to have everybody has to have the same vision, and right. unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. You know, I think I don't think that's uh, lost on anybody at this point. Right. You know, I, I go back and I look. I looked at that uh, 2012 season, uh, 2013 playoffs. Uh, in the past, I don't anymore. But I looked at it in the past, and I'm like, man, like you watch the tape, and you're like, wow. You know, I was really hurt. Right. <laughs> right. And um, and I think the 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 thing that you take away from it is you just you don't uh, 
it's tough to put a young man in that position. And, and I'm 30, and I'm still a young man, but I understand that better now. Um, and, and I wish it had gone differently, but it didn't, you know, and that's the, that's the bottom line. So I don't really sit here and, and cry over spilled right. milk. And uh, you just you move from you move on from it. You learn from it, uh, and you understand that there were a lot more factors in play that were going on there. For me, the bottom line was I got hurt, um, and I got hurt uh, one too many times, and it didn't work out for me. It wasn't meant for me to be a, a Washington Redskins for for my whole career. That's the way I look at it. Now, there's learning experiences from that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, do you wish that that everybody was was aligned? Yes, but at the end of the day. They weren't, you know, and uh, that's just the bottom line. You have to move on from it, and I think I've done a good job of that moving on to, to Baltimore um, and and really just maximizing the opportunity that I have with such a great organization. And I don't want to focus completely on this, but I, but since we are talking about it, but I, I'm curious with the injury, how long did it take you to move past that because it's such an altering point in your career? Mentally move past that. 2017 year. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. You know, I think I've said this before. I think it was the year out of football. Uh, 2017 kind of allowed me to, to let all that stuff go. You know, it's um, you, you just anybody in life, you can't let something hold you down like that. You know, if, if things don't go your way, right, um, it's one thing if things don't go your way and you didn't try. It's one thing if things didn't go your way and you didn't put in the effort or the work. Um, it's another thing when you do those things and it still doesn't go your way. Right. Well, guess what? You still have to move on. You still have to understand that um, if you quit or you give up, uh, you don't know how close you could have been to success. So I think that's the way I looked at it. You know, I, I, I moved on to, to Cleveland uh, after I left right. Washington and, and I broke my shoulder. <laughs> you know, and, right. and you're like, man, I put all this work in. You go out, you kill it. You kill it getting pre- prepared and everybody's excited for the season and you break your shoulder. And uh, there's nothing I can do about that. That's just a, a thing that happened. So uh, after that, you know, I got released and I was a free agent in 17. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, look, I know I have the talent. I just have to stay healthy and I just need an opportunity to do that. And it's just about a team taking a chance on you or, or giving you an opportunity that you that you earn. And I didn't get that in 17. I didn't get the proper opportunity. In 2018, I didn't get the proper opportunity that I would have loved, that I would have liked. But at the end of the day, I got an opportunity and I maximized it. I made the most of it. And a uh, funny story about that is that in 2018, in the preseason, we were going into I think we had the Hall of Fame game that year, and we were going into um, our fourth, our third, no, our fourth preseason game. And coach kind of sat me down before the week and told me um, I wasn't going to play that week against the Dolphins. Hmm. Um, so I, I didn't get a rep all week. You know, it was Joe Flacco, Lamar, and a quarterback named uh, Josh Woodrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all got they got all the reps all the week. All week I got not one rep. So after practice, I just kind of I kept working. I was going through all the plays from practice after practice, and guys were looking at me like, "Man, what are you doing? You're not even playing this week." I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm just making sure I stay ready. You never know." Well, I got a call the morning of the game, and coach told me I was starting. So he ended up. <laughs> ended up sitting Joe Flacco and then he wanted me to start and Lamar went in second so I started that game and if I had not done a rep all week if I had not gone after practice and, and worked on my craft to, to make sure I was prepared to know the game plan and know and know the plays and be able to run them without any reps uh, I wouldn't have made that team well we went out wow. and we played against the Dolphins number ones uh, with our twos essentially no starting receivers both tackles out Marciana didn't play 
and uh, we went up and down the field and put I think we put 20 points on them or something like that in the first half and uh, because of the performance I made the team if, if anybody if you remember mm-hmm. the next game was against the Redskins that's right season and everyone thought I was going to play and coach told me at the beginning of the week to keep it under wraps hey you're not playing this week you've earned you've earned your 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 spot uh you know we'll see how it shakes out when the numbers come down to what the numbers come down but you've earned the you've earned the right not to have to play in this game and uh you know to me that it just speaks volumes to it doesn't matter where you come in at it doesn't matter um what it looks like all you have to do is go out and perform go out and put your best foot forward no matter how far you may feel like you're behind or how much the odds are stacked against you just go get it done and I think uh, that's what happened with me and, I'm, and I was blessed to, to be able to have that opportunity. But you know it's funny because I always feel like the NFL is opportunity and you stay ready for your opportunity because you don't know when it's going to come um, but I do want to go back with you know you getting over that injury and all that have you ever have you ever communicated with Mike Shanahan since then have you talked to him or even Dan Snyder since then last couple of years? Yeah I have actually you know I've uh it's funny, you know, no, no one ever really asked that question, but I have. I reached out to Mike, and um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get a response. But I have talked with Kyle uh, since then, and and Kyle has responded. And uh, you know, immediately after that, I think, uh, I think um, right after that, Kyle went to I think he went to Cleveland first, right? Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, when I saw him in Atlanta, I talked to him, and uh, and I reached out to him. Uh, you know, to, to wish him happy Father's Day, things like that. And, uh, you know, Kyle has responded back, but I haven't heard back from Mike. And, you know, you know, I, at this point, I don't know what to what to really take from that. I just know that um, it was a tough situation and, and uh, you know, he didn't want me as his quarterback Yeah, it, <laughs> uh, from day one. And that, that's, that's uh, you know, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I, I'm not holding any grudges anybody against anybody. I'm trying to I've tried to, to, to mend all those fences and be the best um, person that I can be uh, and, and understand from the, the mistakes that I made and and, uh, and, and, and rectify them. And uh, you go on from there. What, what would you have wanted to talk to him? What would you even say to him at this point? You know, just, I know my, I, I mean, from my, from my understanding, I think Mike still wants to, wants to coach. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, echo to him that, you know, I support him. Hmm. I support him in his uh, in his strive to get back in the game and, and do his thing, um, you know. And I would hope that you know he would uh, support me as well in, in, in my strive to go out and be a starter again. Um, you know, I think that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day, uh, to to you know to bring it back to kind of the things that are going on in the world right now. It's not about uh, holding grudges or or preconceived notions, and and uh, you just have to to move on uh, with your life and try. To, to be the best person that you can be and you know that's not kicking a man when he's down that's not trying to hold a man down that's trying to build him up that's trying to lift him up and give them opportunities so uh you know i'm i'm in i'm here to support and help him in any type of way that that, that he that he needs and uh, hopefully he's willing to do the same for me and, uh, and if not you know you just you uh you continue to do what you do and and uh, you can try to continue to try to be the best person you can be. And while, while appreciating that maturity, do you look back and just wonder how much personal ego ever play, played a role in that whole situation? I, I don't. Okay. Just because, you know, 
I, I don't look at it that way anymore okay. or at all because, like you said, it, it I think it's been well documented yeah. kind of what went on there, and that was a uh, that was a power struggle between the owner and the coach, and I got right. stuck in the middle. Yep. So, um, you know, it's really tough to be, in, you know, it's tough to be an African American quarterback uh, in the NFL. And uh, you see nowadays, like I think our past two MVPs have been yeah. uh, African American. Uh, you got you know I got my guy Russell Wilson, uh, you know going out there doing their thing, and it's starting to turn the tide. But African American quarterbacks have always been scrutinized in a different way, whether people would like to admit that or not, and that's part of this conversation. You know, right. it's part of the uh, systemic racism. It's part of prejudice. It's part of those stereotypes that we're trying to eliminate. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that played a role. I don't know on an individual level. I'm not calling anybody anything. No, I got you. I know you. it played a role. I know it played a role somehow. And uh, at the end of the day, it was a power struggle between the owner and the head coach. And I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and uh, I paid for it. You know, at the end of the day, I paid for it. But I think that um, that experience has made me a better man. It's made me a better a better leader you know it's it's helped me in uh steering as much as i possibly can you know my teammate lamar jackson in the right, right direction all right lamar's his own man and, and i respect him for it but the uh, the advice i've been able to to give him and, and those conversations that we've been able to have i've only been able to have them because of the experience that i had and uh i don't think anybody wants that experience but at the end of the day you have to maximize your experiences in this life. And I think I've, I've tried to do that to the best of my ability and, uh, you know, give that to the Ravens the best way I can. Have you talked to Dwayne Haskins? I have. And, um, you know, I talked to him after that preseason game on the field mm-hmm. and, uh, I was hoping to be able to work with him and Bryson Spinner, yeah. the quarterback coach this off season, but obviously the coronavirus had, right. had other plans. Ideas. So I've been I've actually been stuck in Texas for the past three months, and Oof. I was stuck in California for two months before that. So um, I haven't had a chance to to really uh, reconnect with him, uh, to 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 work with him on quarterback stuff. But uh, as far as you know, giving Dwayne uh, advice or anything like that, I try not to mm-hmm. to bother guys. Um, because you know, I had a quarterback one time tell me in a preseason game that you know don't trust anybody don't do this don't do that because they're gonna they're out to get you and i thought that was actually detrimental Mm. you know like i don't want i want Dwayne to be successful i want him to go out and and be the best player he can be and i'm not going to be the person that puts some some uh some bad thoughts in his mind if you know what i mean yes the Mm. the conversations i've had with lamar they're not bad conversation thoughts you know what i mean these are look you know this is what we do. This is what we have to do. You're, this is a blessing to be with the Baltimore Ravens, a true world-class organization. Uh, they got your back. There's no better place for you to have been drafted than Baltimore. And and then it, questions about you know life, you know reads. How do you how do you do this? What would you do here? What do you think about this? Those are the conversations. It's not conversations about gotcha. don't trust anybody. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, that would be counterproductive and, uh, at some point. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not that's not the way to do it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, if Dwayne wants to talk to me about anything, uh, you know, we follow each other on social. He he knows how to get in contact with me, 
and and I leave it at that. You know, I want him to be successful, but I know he's got to chart his own path with the Redskins uh, in that team. So uh, I'm not going to be uh, a detriment to that or, or get in the way of that. Did you have, I don't know how much you, how closely you followed, because I know you got your own thing going on, but during the season, did you, how were, how aware were you of the narrative around him? And, and just, and just, uh, and... I, I wasn't that, yeah, I wasn't that, that aware um, uh, about, the narrative around them so you'd have to you'd have to kind of educate me about that well just i mean and it wasn't and it wasn't widespread it was it was a couple things and um it was some of it was about you know the way he was working or you know um you know how things get out and whether it was you know he wasn't playing well and the coach the, the coach i mean with, with jay gruden didn't coach. get along with the coach they didn't jay didn't really want him etc so it was not the easiest first year for him i think he's responded very well and um, but I didn't know, you know, in, from afar, you are not you may not get all that stuff because that becomes, you know, part of the what's going on here. And again, you have your own thing. So but I, I did want to ask you about a couple more in 2012. What do you look back on? Because there, there's so many memories from that year and what you did and what you accomplished and what the team did. What is it that you look back on maybe more than another memory? Um, yeah, I think that. Uh... You know, the, the memories of that year were just um, – I, I know a lot of the fans have a lot of nostalgia about it. The media have a lot of nostalgia uh, nostalgia about it. And it's crazy to me because um, at the bye week in 2012, we were 3-6. and six, I know. You know. We were a losing football team record-wise. And I, I still remember that press conference after that game. And – uh, coach said that you know we're evaluating for next year, right? And you know I've I've, I've always been a winner in my life, and uh, you know I take pride in that. And I I kind of remembered going up to that onto that podium and saying, you know I respect what coach is saying and and uh, that he's evaluating for for next year, but you know after this bye week, they're not going to see a better team. I'm going to come back. I'm going to go and work during that bye week and, and be a better player and, and help this team win. And we won seven straight. And to me, it's just a, a true testament of it's, it's not how you start, right? It's, it's right. how you finish. And for, for me and my career, it kind of, you know, sets the same precedent. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, we started off fast and now I've had a lot of bumps in the road. But now I'm getting back up the hill and being able to to put my best foot forward. So um, that 2012 year uh, was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed my teammates and, you know, Alfred Morris, uh, you know, Darrell Young, Niles Paul, mm-hmm. and even the guys that I feel like um, have betrayed me over time, you know, the, the Chris Cooleys, the Santana Mosses. These guys, you know, they opened me with, with – uh, they they welcomed me with open arms in 2012, and I say that because it wasn't like they just accepted me for who I was. They kind of were like, you know, is this guy the guy? Is he is he is he going to help us get to the promised land? And I had to earn that. Right. And and after I earned that, in 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 the midst of that year, I was voted a captain. Right. I think um, the team voted me a captain to, as the first rookie under Shanahan's uh, rule to become a captain. And I just remember those guys every day during that year talking to me um, about those types of things. 
Uh, and I remember Chris Cooley defending me uh, in 2012 and in early 2013. And I remember Santana Moss being that guy that had my back in 2012 and 2013. And that meant a lot to me, you know. So uh, it's just it's a testament to all the rookies that when they come in, uh, sometimes the vets are going to look at you and say, you know, uh, is he is he the guy? Can he get it? Done? Right. Uh, and you have to prove it to him. And when you prove it to him, uh, it truly is a special thing because now you're a 22, 21, 22, 23 year old man, and you're re- you're leading 29, 30, 31, 32 year old men uh, on a football field, and that's a truly special experience. You don't get that in high school. You don't get that in college. Um, but in the NFL, all your dreams can come true. So. I really enjoyed that process of it and, uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, get a chance to go out there and, and not just be a starter, but be a franchise player, leader of an organization to, to go out and prove it again. And, and obviously when you talk about, you know, them betraying, you, you know, they had come out and said some things about either what you had said or done or, or your career or the perception or whatever. So just, just balance, not balancing it, but just so people, in case people are wondering, I'm assuming that's what you mean by the betrayal part. Yeah, I mean, I just mean that, you know, in 2012 and 2013, uh, they had my back. Right. And they were saying things contra, you know, completely opposite of what they said in 2015 and 2016. Okay. So okay. it's just one of those things of, uh, at the end of the day, I, I became um, the scapegoat for the organization. And when I left, um, a lot of people saw that. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I've learned to not really focus on those things. I've learned to um, not try to defend myself in those situations anymore, but just go out and play the game. And uh, it's it's not about anything else other than that. You know, I understand that everybody has a job. And and at that time, um, what was it, uh, 2014, 15, 16, during that time, I was the – the, the reason for everything that went wrong. And uh, I think those guys understood that they had a job and, and uh, they, their job required them to, to, to say some of those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've had conversations with them since, and uh, that's kind of what they've echoed to me. So, you know, it, uh, it is what it is. Everybody's got to try to make their money how they have to try to make their money. I just, you know, wish it wasn't to try to tear me down. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm still here. Um, uh, it's been a blessing that my teammates in Baltimore – uh, accepted me uh, for who I am and, and trust me and believe in me. And, uh, you know, that's all you can ask for, right? Right. And I, I do want to get to that video real quick. I do. You, you had said, did you talk to Dan and, and how were the, what were those discussions like? Yeah. I mean, not, not like, uh, not like that, you know, just similar conversation to Shanahan or, okay. or any other professional that you're trying to, you know, uh, reach out to say happy father's day to whatever okay. it may be. But, um, you know, Dan's focused on, sure. uh, you know, running the team. You've got, you know, Dwayne Haskins, new head coach, all these different things. So I don't really bother bother with all right. that. You know, and I got a great owner, great owner with the Ravens, Steve Bishotti, who, who trusts me, believes in me, and, and talks to me about a lot of different things from football to, to you know, the social reforms that is going on right now. So it's not, it's not about any of that. But sure. they were all trying to – trying to do the same thing and that makes this world a better place absolutely and i want this is the last question before i'm going to get to that just for a couple minutes and you are so generous with your time and appreciate it the one thing is a quarterback too because i know you've talked about this before about protecting yourself better so when you get back out there as a starter 
do you feel that you you say, hey, I know how to protect myself better? Or because you've always played a certain way with a certain mindset, do you feel you're in a better position to do that? Because that's clearly, you know, the injuries have been something that have held held you back. No, I mean, I think that I've learned. Uh, I've learned how to protect myself, and I know who I am as a player. So, um, you know, people keep bringing up the injury thing. And, and the bottom line is, uh, you know, I said this before, Matthew Stafford, started off his career with a ton of injuries right and he's been healthy he's been healthy for an extended period of time ever since so it's just a matter of who you're willing to wait for and uh okay. you know i didn't get that opportunity they didn't wait for me um but uh you know at the end of the day i've gone out and i've done what i have to do to put myself in position to to get another opportunity and you know i know how to stay healthy i've stayed healthy um over the course of the past couple of seasons and and i look forward to doing that for the foreseeable future um, so I think I've learned my lesson. I know how to play the game and how to play it smart. I know when to be aggressive. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's part of it, right? It's part of sure. growing. It's part of learning. And uh, you have to learn from your mistakes from the past, and I think I have. The video, six minutes and 53 seconds on your Twitter feed for people who didn't see it. I think it was like last Thursday or Friday, maybe, that you put it out there. And it's obviously about a lot of what's going on in society for you as an African-American man um, and just African-American and about the protests. Are you offended, um, you know, or affected, excuse me, not offended, um, when you stand up on game day? Are you standing up for me just on game day or when I'm mistreated? What was the inspiration? I think we know the inspiration behind that, but why did you want to do the video? And again, I go back to your daughters. Is this something you, when you look at your daughters, do you feel a different responsibility to make that kind of a video? Yeah, I think the, the video was inspired, obviously, by what's been going on right. in the world. And, and you know, to, to the Ravens' credit, you know, just a phenomenal organization, they, they kind of sat us down and wanted us to just, provide them with how we felt about everything so they they, they talked to a couple vets uh, obviously head coach and the owner and the gm and they told they told us look we're not going to give you a script we just want you to talk to us about what's on your heart and i thought man that's a lot like this could be yeah. forever this could take you know 30 minutes an hour two hours five hours to kind of just pour all of that out into into one message so I kind of, you know, I talked to my wife and we kind of decided, you know, I just kind of want to know what I want to hit and what I want to talk about. And uh, we talked about it in what direction. And then when we shot the video, uh, the Ravens used pieces of the video as part of a bigger video that, that they posted, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the week before. And I kind of just asked them, I said, can I, can I have my video in, in total so I can post it on my own? And before we shot the video, uh, you know, I started going and I just went and I went for about seven minutes and I did it all in one take. Wow. It, 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 I felt like it came, it came from the heart and, and that's why the message came out so clear because okay. it's easy to talk about what you know, right? It's right. You talk about what you're passionate about. And as you said, a part of it is you want to make the world a better place for your daughters. Another part of it is I think that it's important that we stay genuine. You know, we stay genuine with what we say. This isn't about saying the right thing because it's the right thing to say. This isn't about saying the right thing because it's now culturally cool or right. acceptable to say it. 
Uh, it's about backing up your words with actions. So for me and, and, and my wife, we, we started this initiative with our foundation okay. uh, called the This Is For Us initiative where we can go in and we can build up the black communities. We can go in and we can work with the local and state governments to change the laws that need to be changed uh, in order for things like police brutality, systemic racism, uh, you know, uh, racism in general and, and prejudice. We can knock those things out not only by educating people, but also by providing action that makes it harder for those things to happen to eliminate them, right? Um, so I think that as I saw the amount of statements that were going out and I saw the amount of uh, people that were speaking up and saying something, I thought it was important to, to put a face behind the words uh, because you can, tell, you can tell when someone is genuine when they're talking. Right. You can tell if they really mean it. And sometimes words don't, they don't jump off the page, you know what I mean? They right. can be interpreted a certain way. I've certainly learned that over the course of my career, not only in the pros, but in high school and college mm -hmm. as well. So sometimes you have to say what you mean, mean what you say, and have people see you when, they, when you say it. And put yourself out there, right? It's an awkward time right now for it a is. lot of people who may or may not be African American. Right. You know? Some people have never said anything. Some people have always thought, man, this just doesn't, this doesn't affect me that much. So I'm just going to stay out of harm's way. And I need those people. We need those people to step up and say something. Because as you said, and as I talked about in the speech, it's about the people who aren't affected. They have to be just as outraged as the people who are. It's really hard for the, a minority in any country to to achieve equality um, and not be brutalized if they're not supported by the majority. And that's just the fact. You mm -hmm. know? So we need the majority. And in America, that's white Americans. We need them to be supported. We need them to step up and say something. We need them to help us so that we can make America what it was always meant to be. Because that's what I want for my kids. Right. Right? You know, I, I want to I have a son, but right now I've got three daughters and I want... Uh, I want. I don't want them to have the same conversations with their kids that I that I'm, you know, set up to have right now. It's one thing to tell your child that you have to work harder than the person next to you so that you can be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. It's another thing to tell them that you have to work five times harder right. than the person right. next to you because they're white, and that's what we don't want. We don't want you to be judged anyone to be judged by the color of their skin we don't want african americans to be judged because of the color of their skin we don't want their resumes to be turned down because their name is spelled funny we want them to have opportunities right we want them to go out and be able to achieve all their dreams and i think that's what it's about is that video really going to change the world i don't know but i'm trying and i know there's a lot of people a lot of other people out there who are also trying and that's what we're trying to we're trying to get across. We just need help so we can change this world for the better. And, and obviously, one video isn't going to do it, but it's the mindset behind it I think that changes it. And if more people see it, it at least starts a conversation. And I think you know, especially someone as an older white male in the in the media business, it makes you because I I even, even talked to people at the Redskins like, is there something on this end that can be done better, et cetera. So I think it does start conversations. But like I said, it's the mindset too. So in, with your mindset, is this something where you say in the future, I want to do more of this 
whether it's getting, you know, when your playing career is done, getting involved with politics, becoming more a strong community leader, what, what does it, has it changed how you see the vision for your future? Yeah, I mean, I think I've had those conversations a little bit. Um, I, I've always believed that, that politics isn't something that, that you pick. You know, mm. there are people who have been uh, career politicians and, and a lot of them end up being, the, you know, the president of the United States. It's just the route that they go. Right. Um, but for, for me, I don't think that I'm going to pick politics. It's just something of, well, you know, I want to be able to go out and, and embark on change and enact change in communities. Uh, and, it's, and from there, it grows into something that turns into politics and it does. Uh, but it's not something that I'm going to just set out as this is the goal, uh, because I know that it takes more than one person. It takes more than one person to change the world. Right. So I want I want it to be inclusive. Right. I know the black community needs help. I'm part of that black community and I need uh, the other communities to step in, especially the white community. Right. Right. So for me, it's it's not to say, look, one day I want to be president of the United States. Uh, it's not to say one day I want to be this this, uh, you know, global leader of something is to say that I just want to help change. And if it turns into something like that, then it does. Uh, if it doesn't, I just know that I'm going to continue to go out and try to be the best person I can be and try to en enact the most change in the world to leave a mark on it. Well, I'll be honest. I was shocked that you just said it was a one take video for seven minutes because I've had to do one minute standups for SportsCenter. And it's, it's to speak without having a clear pause sometimes is really difficult. So that really must have just flowed right from the heart. And that's a lot, that's, I just want to end on that one, but I just, it really did seem it just flowed from the heart then. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, like I said, it's easy to talk when it's, when it's something that's, that's been on your mm -hmm. heart. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone to think that um, any of this talk about uh, the, the Redskins or, or anything that happened during my tenure there, uh, you know, should be the focus. The focus should always be right. on what we're doing to enact change, uh, on what the world is really going through right now. And, uh, you know, eventually someday, uh, John, I'll, I'll write a book, right? I'll write a book and I'll tell everybody what they want to know <laughs> about <laughs> what happened in Washington. But right now is not the time for that. Uh, yeah. so I, we, can be we can be reflective on it. We can we can talk about what happened in, in generalizations and try to, to move on from them and, and move forward. Uh, and that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, um, we want to keep the focus on going out and, and, and helping this our America be right. the best America it can be and, and enact the change that needs to happen. So, um, you know, for me, like I said, I control what I can. I'm going to try to do everything I possibly can to, to help change happen. And, and be ready for the Baltimore Ravens to play quarterback whenever they need me. And that's, that's, all, that's all you can do, Robert. And like I said, when I asked you to come on, I didn't want to get into a finger-pointing thing in that because I, I don't think that's going to accomplish anything at this point. And I, it's as much to – I think, but I think your journey has always intrigued me because it's been such a swing and you've gone through so many things that I think, like I said, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by your journey because that's – you know, I'm, I'm a believer. That's what I always tell my kids – it's about a journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And the journey makes you helps you get to that destination. But it also shapes who you are as a person along the way. And so that's that's that was my my desire to get you on here was to talk about that journey. So I really, really appreciate you spending so much time with me doing that, Robert. No, no problem, John. And honestly, I, I got to tell you, I think that 
um, over the years, um, I think I've seen a, a, a change in you as well, just from the regards of, of what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in, in Washington, and I want to say, you know, I uh, thank you for that, for, for, for seeing things for kind of what they were and understanding that part of that journey, um, you know, you know, that life that we're talking about, part right. of that journey, sometimes there's going to be things that are out of your control. Yep. But if it's how you respond to those yep. things that determine what you do. Right. And so I'm sitting here, I think, I believe this is year eight or year seven, right. year eight. And everything that happened to me in year one, two or three could have destroyed me as a player, could have destroyed me as a man. And all it did was make me stronger. So I think that's kind of the, the, the direction and, and the way I look at things uh, for the people who are looking for inspiration. Don't right. let something that happens to you destroy you. And I appreciate you for bringing me on, talking me through it, and understanding that like it's not a finger-pointing thing. It's no. not about that. It's about talking about the journey and understanding what happened, what you can do better, what you can do to, to learn from it, and then going out and doing that. There you uh, go. And I appreciate you for that. No, Robert, I thank you for saying that, and, and that's it's my pleasure. So I, I, I greatly appreciate that. You should write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need, if you need a ghost author or anything like that, if you need someone to transcribe, I can help you out with that. So, but I, but I, I appreciate, I, I do, I do appreciate that, and and I would look forward to reading that someday, as you know, I will. So, but yeah, like I said, event. It's I think Urban Meyer's book. He says event plus response equals outcome, and that's what you're doing here. So that's I, I'm, I'm. It's nice to hear that you feel like you're in a really good spot. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. Continue good luck. All right, you too. God bless. Thank you, you too. Well, that's it with Robert Griffin III. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and his journey as an NFL quarterback. I know he remains a somewhat controversial person in Redskins lore. Let's talk about it on the next podcast. Hit me up with your thoughts on Twitter about what you heard. And don't forget to visit LoneOakCoffee.com. Use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount on some excellent coffee. Talk to you next time.